Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am What's happening with you? What you doing? How you doing? How you been? Well, a little birdie told me that you're not hydrating yourself. You're out here doing the bullshit. You're drinking the gin and juice. You're drinking the Duce Cognacington. You're drinking the Henny. You're drinking just all the madness that the world has to offer, but you're not hydrating properly. I told you about constipation. I told you about hypertension. I told you about hypotension. Don't be the person that dies of dehydration in a quarantine because that is fucking embarrassing. Your parents told you better than that. Secondarily, I need you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's no longer a secret. I'm trying to be litty. And the more times that you don't press that fifth star, the more times that you don't subscribe, the more times that you don't leave a comment, that does nothing but highlight the fact that you are a fucking hater, and hatred is probably genetic in your family, and I'm sorry to hear that. Third, but you got to make sure you don't put this in third place. If you would like for me, I'm sorry, if you would like to email me at my show, all you got to do is hit me up, goodbrotherexperience at gmail.com. I'm sorry, at Yahoo. I don't know. I'm all over the place this morning, everybody. I'm sorry about that. But I am like Ron Burgundy. However you fucking send it to me is the same way I'm going to read it. So once again, it's goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com. Now, I'm not going to say a lot of you, but I'll say a good percentage of you guys have said, when are you guys going to have a, a, a guest? When are you going to have someone on your show? Don't you want to shake it up? The answer is no, I don't want to shake it up. I like talking to myself because I'm an only child and this is how it's always been. But this particular person I really, really like. So without further ado, we have the world-renowned, we have the incomparable, we have the curvy, we have the black, quote-unquote. We still uh, have the under-investigation. We have half of the Horrible Decisions podcast, Mandy. First off, I'm black. Second off, judge your mother while you're out here with a fucking yahoo.com email address, okay? Listen, I have get, my reasons. Get, get your shit together. I have my reasons. <laughs> Y'all no, never did nothing to me. I hate you, Nova. Thank you for having me on, Reek. Um, again, um, I appreciate you so very much. You've been a guest on Horrible Decisions on our Patreon platform where you and I got to kick back and, and talk a little bit. So I'm glad that you, um, you know, you asked me to join you, my good brother. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I've been on both of your platforms. I've been on your Patreon episode. I've been on your coronavirus show. Are you still doing that show, by the way? Um, so, so the it, listen, it fell off of going daily, and I actually haven't posted, oh, my God, in maybe a few weeks, which is awful. Um, but I have just been so busy. Um, I'm editing Horrible, which we're still dropping anywhere from seven to eight episodes a month. Um, mm. Shit. And not outside of that, I literally have had conference calls. Um, I'm starting just a new business literally from the ground. And so I just, you know, spent a lot of time focusing on that, building the team where I want, um, doing a lot of my own work. So doing my own graphics, my own pitch deck, um, talking to suppliers in China um, there's literally just a lot of moving pieces going on right now. And I mean, shit, also I've been a, a guest feature on a lot of other podcasts. So shout out to, um, Jeff and Eric over at it's the real, oh, yes, um, yes, yes. shout Trust out to white people. 
You know what I mean? The only white people I really fuck with, for real, for real. That's, that's um, shout out to, to Brandon um, and and Aaron over at Grassroots Podcast. I just actually recorded as well with Miko and Jill for their Insecure After Party. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've actually been doing a lot of guest features um, and just, you know, supporting my my fellow creatives. Yeah, um, so, yeah. So, so I actually started with the Rona Report to just practice editing audio. And right. I've just actually been editing a lot of audio to where I didn't need that practice. So, you know, I, I, I'll post some shit. I'll get some shit up out there. So, you know, that reminds me. Uh, yes. Prior to speaking to you, I did something that I've never done before. I curtailed an outline for this episode, <laughs> right? This is something I've never yes, done. Yes, you did. So, uh, you were speaking about what you were doing creatively in regards to helping other creatives while also honing in on your own skills. So due to the fact that I know that you have a uh, an accounting background, yes. and that was pretty much the, the primary moneymaker, then you was like, you know what? The sex talk is pretty much buying these Birkins. Fuck the <laughs> accounting job. I'm not fucking clocking in no more. I'm about to do what got to be done. So you quit that job because clocking in is swagless. I haven't had a job since last May, so I practice what I preach. And yes, now, I, I left my job last June. Know what I'm saying? So now you in a space to where the money is funny because of the Rona. What are you doing to keep yourself afloat out here? Yeah, um, I mean, luckily we are we do still have money coming in with horrible just through ads in our Patreon. So right. I do want to shout out to all of our patrons. Um but I mean shit for the most part, I like I said, I'm I'm definitely digging into the skills that I learned in college. So as an accountant, I'm sending those invoices. I'm keeping track of um, everything and making sure we get the money we're owed um, with horrible decisions. And then, like I said, also with creating this new business, it's super fun because I'm um, going literally back to my cost accounting classes. I'm going back, you know, learning my break even margins and looking mm. at how to make a product profitable and, mm. And it's, it's, it's actually fun. I'm, I'm, you know, building financial models for an entire business that I plan on growing um, that will include products. So, like I said, looking up the cost of the product and and comparing that to what I can price it at. And it's, it's really, you know, it's fun. And then, like I said, my other degree is in business with a focus in marketing. So also digging into how I plan to email market this, social media, how even with horrible like the marketing mm-hmm. aspect is very important now because you're trying to reach people and listens are down across the board. I'm not sure um, if you've looked looked into your stats as a podcaster, but yeah. you know numbers are a little bit down because you don't have people commuting. You have people with the distractions at their homes with their kids and their partners, so they're not able to tune in to an hour, or two hours, or three hour podcast like they used to. Um, and you know, and a lot of people are taking in their content visually, um, but it's harder with the glitch of fucking zoom and getting everything done visually is different when everyone's in different places. So it's literally just sitting back and, and looking at, you know, how I can build my brand and what more I can do to, to lend everything I have to give to, to, to the world. Shit. No, I dig it. And, you know, due to the fact that I asked you, uh, to be on my show, uh, this, uh, the entirety of this episode is probably going to be revolved around you, but I'm just going to take this <laughs> moment. No, I'm going to take this moment to just talk about me real quick because yes, I'm still I selfish. 
So you was talking about me looking at my numbers and I had to stop doing so only because mm. I was starting to get angry because I feel as though my content was as good as everyone else's, but I wasn't reaping the benefits of everyone else. And I know how it goes. I'm not really popular like that. I'm not really in the social stratosphere like that. So I know it's going to be a gradual climb. So what I just started doing was like, what's some better ways for me to like make people laugh? I know it sounds like I'm just meandering for 30 minutes straight, but I try to put more structure into it. And something else that I was really trying to establish within myself is the amount of listens that I get are probably the people that's not going to be here. So I just wanted to service them. So this is why, you know what I mean, I stopped looking at different shit like that because all right. it did was just give me anxiety and then cause me to not want to record where i know that if i'm just recording for the people that like it like last week i fucked around and i couldn't do two of my episodes and i got death threats like yo nigga what's up the rona got you i can't believe this shit nigga but isn't that a good feeling as well to know that people are waiting for your content you are now a a piece of somebody's weekly schedule you know what i mean And, and you throw that all off by not dropping content so sometimes it does go beyond your numbers you know, Wait, I, I you know really, I, mean? I really appreciate that specifically for me only because I'm talking to myself. So there's really no way for me to like judge what's funny or judge like whatsoever. I'm just talking to myself like a madman. So I know that when people are saying that I'm a dickhead for not releasing that I'm doing the right thing. But I need to get back to you because I had a question for you. Yes. Well, I have many questions for you. You know what? Whenever I listen to interviews or whatever, I hate when people say that shit. I have another topic for you. I want to, I want, let me, let me reword that. I want to initiate another topic for you. Um, I've been looking around. I've been having a lot of free time. And, you know, I know I said that I've been making money and I'm not working. And this is probably my opportunity to tell you what I do for money. But I won't do that because being mischievous has always been my lifestyle. But what are some things that you think are irreversible? because of the quarantine like some shit that's not going to go back to regular quote unquote um I, I i am one of those that don't think that life as we know it will return um right. i i mean the idea of something being irreversible we probably won't know until we see it honestly but i i do know that festivals have been something that has been really really big over the last couple of years and growing i don't think we're going to see those anytime soon um, the same with concerts or going to these sporting events. Those are could be a pastime for at least maybe the next year. Um, also, like I said, I just went to the liquor store yesterday, and right. the, there was a sign on the door that says that you cannot enter without gloves and a mask. JetBlue just announced that you won't be able to board a, a plane without having a mask on. They're the first airline to do that. And so... Right. Life as we know it will be contingent upon how we enter establishments. I mean, shit, even in China, they're they're taking your temperature at the door at some places. So, you know, this is this is really weird. But I do feel like this is something that we will treat like the rest of everything that we've encountered. Um, Ebola has not left. You know what I mean? Malaria, yellow fever. If you go to Africa, you still have to take shots and vaccines for those things. So there are a lot of deadly diseases out there that we are living amongst. And, you know, once we get to that place where there is a vaccine, I think that we can live freely kind of just like how we have. But I think that it's going to take quite some time to get to that place. So the one thing that I'm trying to get out of here 
is parents, grandparents, godparents kissing their children in the mouth, my nigga. This shit is fucking out of hand. And at one point, I understand that it's tradition, but you can possibly give your child the cooties by kissing them in the mouth. Do you think kissing children in the mouth will be eradicated? So here's the thing. First off, everybody be out here kissing everybody. That's that's the first thing. But not the children. Um, but here's the thing. The kids, have, man. You have grandparents. You talking about grandparents kissing the children. I think the bigger problem is that middle gap. Our people, we're the ones that are irresponsible, you know, wanting to hang out for spring break and throwing house parties and game nights still with our friends because we're the ones that aren't concerned with our immune systems because right. so much of the media is saying that even if we do catch coronavirus, we'll make it through. Right. So I think we're the generation that everyone should be worried about, not the old folks and not the, the kids, uh, specifically them two being together, but I think it's us that are in the middle that can pass it along to the children and that can pass it along to the older folks. And I think so it's more so our responsibility. I think grandparents still going to come around kissing their little grandkids. But nah, there's an underlying thing that I feel as though nobody is really verbalized, whether it be on a national television medium, whether it be on a social media medium. And there's been a pandemic that's really played our society since the dawn of time that can't be stopped. And that specific pandemic is the horny. Now, what people think is coronavirus is going to stop people from being horny, and they are sadly mistaken. This is why link-ups are still happening. This is why people are still sneak-dicking. This is why there's still get-togethers going down. This is why people are still going to spring break. Because even in the face of death, I still have to be erect and get this come off. How do you feel about that? You know what? STDs, pregnancy, AIDS, HIV. STDs. None of those things. Don't do it. Don't do it. STDs. You're right. You're right. Don't do it. You just saved me. Okay. I'm just saying, these are all things that we're very much aware of as consequences of sex, and it hasn't stopped people from having sex unprotected at that. So I wouldn't, you know. Are, are you smart to just be out here with with someone that you don't live with? I would say no. Um, I've been responsible as someone with a sex podcast and have literally not had sex intercourse or company with the opposite sex for the last two months. Um, and so I actually have been getting on my friends who are still swiping on these dating apps and linking with guys. Um, I have friends who are still inviting casual fuck buddies to come over. I, you know, and listen, more power to them, but I, I'm, I'm definitely not a supporter of it. And I mean, there's only so much you could do to your friends. I guess the horny and getting that nut off is a little bit more important than your, you know, people's lives to them. No, this is what I'm saying. You're saying that sarcastically, but it kind of is. Like, I'd it rather is. have sex than stay alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, but here's my thing. If right. it's the end of the world, because I've always said this, even when I watch all these sci-fi end of the world films, mm. if it's the end of the world, nigga, I ain't going to hold you. I'm fucking before so, I die. So maybe so you know, that's the mindset. I don't know. So I don't you know. know. Uh, as I said before, I have a whole bunch of topics. So... <laughs> The next topic, because I'm glad you just brought that up, is how are you navigating being dickless in the quarantine? Um, I got a cat. 
literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, I got a kitten, um, which is kind of my sanity of just having another living being in my house. I don't have kids. Um, I don't have a roommate. I don't Swear. have anyone really close nearby as far as family is concerned. Mm-hmm. And my friends, like I said, is out here being irresponsible. So I haven't even kicked it with them outside of, I have one friend in, in Long Island that I've went to see. Um, but oh, I talk to her daily. Well, look I talk to her daily. Um, not only do no, I, talk I to her no, daily. No, I, I live in Long Island. And you oh, get, oh yeah. Crazy. Well, I went out to her, but um, she's been great because her, her partner is actually my doctor. <laughs> so right. they've graced me with Clorox wipes, alcohol pads, masks things that I didn't have access to, which was great. And mm. they did close, they, they closed down their practice during this time. So mm. I know that they've been responsible and only been with each other. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, and that's been a saving grace. But as far as Dick, like I said, I've actually thought about my interaction with men prior to this. So, you know, I think I put too much emphasis on sex. And so mm-hmm. during this time, I've been able to get to know people more and just have had more genuine conversations. And wait, you know, wait, wait, hold on, because I because do that was going to no, that no, that was going to lead into my next question. But until look at, look, at, I, look, look at the transition, the segu, the segu, baby, the, the segu. You know what I mean? But I don't want to get there just yet because there oh, is. I no, I need to defend the horny people. I just want to oh, get God. your perspective on this. No, just listen to me. Just give me a moment. Just give me the floor. Let me just you bring something it, to the you table. So if I am a horny man, right, and I'm over here, I'm trying to see, like, you know what? I'm not going to have sex with all the women. I'm going to try to focus on one woman that I'm going to have sex with, right, even in the quarantine. If oh. you're in a position to where the communication is strong, you're doing the FaceTimes, you're doing the due diligence, and it's like, yo, I'm tucked in the crib. You're tucked in the crib. Have you been tucked in the crib and you haven't seen nobody for two weeks? All right, cool. I haven't. You haven't. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, there's less than 1% of the population in New York has this shit in the first place. I think I can come through and drop some penis off. So for the people that's only selecting people that's also been quarantining themselves, do you give them a pass? That's the thing, though. In, a, in an era of casual sex, how many people are they doing that with? Like, the same way if you have unprotected sex with one person, you technically had sex with, who knows, an unlimited amount of people. And that's so, what it's litty. It, right. And so to me, if you're hitting me up saying, you know, I've been chill, you've been chill, and it's a casual sex thing to where you're not even really super honest with the other people you're having casual sex with how do i know you haven't hit up every bitch in your phone saying this i know i was on um a dating app and a nigga tried Mm. to hit me with that and it's like well you know i got a car let me just come through and i'm like "Eh, well how many other people are you saying this to that you're swiping on the dating app with and then even literally within a week of talking to him that nigga drove down to fucking pennsylvania and was kicking it with friends and but he has nah, a roommate. How do, I know, how do I know his roommate isn't out and about? So that's the nah. thing. Even if you and I have been safe, if you live with people, right. now I need to know what the actions of those people you're living with have been doing. And you know, yeah. in New York, a lot of these motherfuckers ain't living by themselves. Right. So it's like, no. okay, you've been quarantined, but has your mom? Oh, right. you live with your auntie and she actually works at a hospital. So look at all the people she's exposed to and she's coming home every night. So, like, it's not even about 
how you've been behaving. If you live with other people, how have they been quarantining? That's another question to be had as well. That's a fact. And you know, shout out to everybody who lives with their aunt because I live with my aunt and she's <laughs> so precious. But <laughs> she's just so fucking precious. But yo, I, I super feel you. But I'm not talking about I'm talking about like old faithful, like somebody that you've been had in the roster and you're like, I, I cancel everybody else in the roster because from everybody else, I think you are the most trustworthy. I'm going to lock in with you, you and me. We're not going to touch nobody. We're not going to be around nobody for two weeks. I need you to hold it down. And I say that because I might or might not have done this, but that's not nobody's business. <laughs> that's anyway. why you bring it back up. You want, you want to be... find a way for it to make sense to you. Um, Listen, I, I, like I said, I mean, shit, if y'all trusted each other that much and really rocked with each other that much, maybe you'd be together. Um, but you're not. Oh, so. man. Next, next subject. So <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing now. You've been talking about dating for a little while, and you said something that I find to be not unique, but I don't really hear it being so prevalent as far as what's going on in the lexicon of woman conversation. You were saying that you wanted to start dating with purpose. Yes. So I'm going to give you the floor. I talk to myself every week, so everybody knows what my voice sounds like. I want you to break <laughs> down systematically what you mean and how you're going about it. Um, I just think that there was a strong desire for a sexual connection before any other connection with men. So, of course, outside of me being sexually attracted, I wanted to know that our kinks aligned, that she was freaky, that you had a big old slanging dick, and, and just, you know, that you looked good naked, and, you know, what your fantasies were. And these were conversations I had early because I wanted to be sure there was a sexual connection over anything else. Because, of course, I didn't want to just have sex and not come. I mean, me orgasming was very important to me if I was going to give somebody that much of me. And right. I think that it deterred me from having any sort of emotional, intellectual, um, or mental connection to men. And so even early on in the pandemic, there were motherfuckers hitting me up, just checking up on me. And I was like, nigga, I ain't looking for no pen pal right now. If I can't see you, what you talking to me for? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or if I'm, if you can't fly here or can't get me to you, what is the purpose of us even talking? And I really had to step back and be like, whoa, there's so many relations that I have with people where I genuinely don't care about them outside of if they can please me or do something for me in terms of my dating life. And I had to reevaluate that. Um, because, you know, I'll be 30 this year and it's important for me to now have maybe more connecting relationships. And these aren't relationships where in my mind they make sense because I have all these emotional connections with everyone I fuck. No, mm -hmm. it's me genuinely growing something with someone without putting sex first. Um, it's me, you know, starting and growing friendships. Um, outside of relationships to where even if, uh, you know, we don't have an intimate relationship that we still value each other as people. Um, and so I think that that's something that I want to focus on when, when I get out of here, I'm not just going on dates just to go on dates. I, I want to date with purpose. I want to speak to the opposite sex with purpose. And of course, like I said, eventually when I decide to have sex again, um, I want to have sex with purpose outside right. of hoping I orgasm with it. You know what I mean? No, I, dig it. I can dig it. It's definitely the 1990 in you. And I mean, once you turn 30, I'm going to welcome <laughs> you with open arms because uh, 
it's definitely cool to be here. So I'm definitely going to be happy when you leave your yeah, bum-ass 20s. I'm just glad I get to, I'm, I'm hoping I just get to celebrate my birthday. It's not until October. And right. a lot of people this year have reached milestones in turning 30 and unfortunately have not been able to celebrate their birthdays. So um, it's a very, you know, small want during a pandemic just to be able to celebrate a birthday with my friends. But right. I'm hoping that come October, I have that opportunity. Nah, 100%. And you should, because my birthday was in February. So I, I, I had a good celebration like three weeks prior to the cooties being released. So L- listen, my that. last venture out outside of the live shows that we were able to do at the end right. of February and the beginning of March, my last outing of fun was All-Star Weekend in Chicago, where I had a blast. So I'm just grateful that I even got to have that fun during that weekend before the world got shut down. No, that's a fact. Like, I feel like everybody had that that, that good last hurrah before, like, the planet shut down. And that's definitely (laughs) something that if you didn't do, because, you know, I was never really a big homebody. So the people that be like, oh, I, I just like being in the house. You always going outside. You always doing this. Now everybody's forced to be inside and you're just in there with the sick face because you have no memories. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember you threw a party literally the week that we had the stay at home order. Oh, no, I'm a like soldier. Right, before, right. It was right before that. You were like, listen, I'm still throwing my party. Um, and a lot of people showed up. And then, at you know, we definitely saw weeks and days later how, OK, this this shit is real. This shit is right. real. I mean, the one characteristic I can say about myself is that I'm a cowboy. So I was like, you know what? Fuck that shit. That crunch ain't going to stop the fun. But that's before it was reported that, like, niggas is like. Because, matter of fact, I don't know if everybody remembers this because uh, information is so vast and it's so prevalent and it's so fast and ongoing. But there was a point in time it was being said that black people couldn't even get coronavirus. You know what? And you know what I'm we actually had to issue an apology um, because we joked about it. Yeah, that was a thing. That's what um, I'm saying. And and now look, there's there's so many people who have died from it. Um, and now black people, just because of the systematic oppression and the areas that we live and the lack of health care that we've been afforded, um, you know, we're we're definitely one of the communities getting hit the hardest now. That's a fact. And you know, there's something else that really has been on my spirit throughout all this time you know i've had a lot of time being in the house and being able to collect my thoughts peruse social media mediums and speak to various types of people and with you specifically you're someone that's well educated you've been in a lot of social spaces or whatever have you and with you're this with this new look on life like i need to see if you had peen i need to see if you can satisfy me i'm a career woman whatever have you what is your stance on women being horrific at shooting their shot at men? Oh, I am, nigga, the president of Shoot Your Shot. Uh huh. <laughs> is that so? I need you to yeah. walk through your technique. What I is mean, the technique of Mandy? There isn't, man. Like, I, I've been the one to, if, I mean, I've been so, so bold with it. Like, nigga, I sent a nigga a drink at 4040 before. Like, yo, mm. whatever he got, I got his next one. I've done it to women, too. Um, mm. I slid in. Because you do eat the coochie. You do eat oh, the Oh, yeah. I, I, I eat it. I suck it all, you know? Um, uh, I can hear that. All right. And so, like, I mean, I shoot my shot. I've gone up to men and been like, I think you are so beautiful. Like, I've, I've, I've slid in the DMs with the gifs 
like shooting the shot. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've sent the eyes. I've been on your comments. I'm going to let you know if I'm interested. There ain't no hiding it. Um, so I believe that a woman should take their shot. Like, waiting on a man to do it is stupid. And I mean, there's been so many times I've regretted not saying anything. Um, right. You know, even when you catch the eye of someone waiting for a man to approach you, nah, like, we catching each other's eyes. I'm going to let you know what's up. Like, so what's up? I think that more women should take control of not only their wants, their desires. um, Oh, yeah. All of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, and you know what? Uh, I I just feel like this is a responsibility of this program because I told all of my listeners I will be the vessel of information. I know you were just flying through it because we were speaking very casually via conversation. But I just need you to structurally break down techniques that you've harnessed to shoot your shot. This is very important. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's, there's really no techniques. Like, yes, there is. Fucking, Don't do nah, that. Now, nah, my nigga, suck it up. The same right. way y'all get bold as fuck to approach us as a woman, fucking drop your ego a little bit. Sit here and realize this is honestly the, the biggest key that I give to any woman. Whether you want to shoot your shot, whether you want to ask one of your partners for money, whether you want to try something kinky in the bedroom and you don't know how they're going to respond. Honestly, this is what you have to just say in your head. The worst thing that can happen is they tell you no. Perfect. Honestly, no. Once you get over the fear of being told no, once you get over the fear of rejection, once you no longer live your life in fear because someone told you the word no, you can live a fulfilled, easy flowing motherfucking life. That's the thing. When Even if you need to ask for something, most people are just, scared to hear the word no it's not that bad at all and so that's what it is like you're scared of rejection you're scared someone's going you know to not give you what you want you're not owed anything no one owes you anything so once you're okay with hearing the word no go go ahead go ahead and live your best life don't live life with no regrets baby you know I'm so happy because this is going to be the last topic before we conclude this spectacular episode that we've had. You uh, you were saying that the worst thing that could be told to you is no. And that made me think of the uh, the very no, colorful... No, I said, I said it's not the worst yes, thing that you can hear. So, it's not. So, yes, right. there we go. It's not. It is not. But in regards to the word no, it was, uh, it was very colorful for uh, people that have black Twitter yesterday. And... There was someone that a lot of us know that had allegations brought to the forefront and it went from allegations to women giving their testimony and whatever have you. And Oh, uh, you mean like the one I'm another one that I'm getting at this very moment while we record? Yeah, actually. I didn't know that. <laughs> like I, I literally just got DMs with screenshots of yet another story. Um so yeah, go ahead and and, and tell everyone. Go ahead and lead into it. So yeah, let me let me just shape it up for the listeners and all that. So um, there was something very colorful in regards to someone that has a very high status in regards to social interaction. You know what I mean, and uh, I won't say his name because that's not the point. The point is this type of behavior needs to be highlighted, and 
I believe that the things that women go through have become incredibly jumbled and they've been so jumbled to where everything is seen under one umbrella. And in my uh, just very unique belief, I believe if particular language is used, then things can be attacked in a very linear sense because this is what I saw that was happening. Women were given their testimony. Other women were highlighting that they've gone through similar instances, not just with that particular individual, but with other individuals in their past. But because the focus was like literal rape, they're like, man, that nigga didn't rape, so that doesn't matter. When, mm. when, when in all reality, the behavior that's being exhibited is vile, but because it's not literally the most vile behavior that you can administer whether it be rape or murder it's that's cast aside i do believe there is a conversation to be had about niggas that get denied the pussy and then they just start wilding i do believe there needs to be something to be said about niggas that use manipulative tactics to get what they want i do believe that there needs to, there's something to be said about niggas that pressure women to, um, to give the pussy up or they give ultimatums or they take away the sense of just feeling relieved and feeling comfortable but if these things aren't categorized and everything under the umbrella of that's not rape so it doesn't matter there could be no progress made so in that regard what do you think can be done so everything just can be like nigga that shit is not rape so it don't matter and women things can be justifiably be like you know what i know it's not like rape but you're still sexually harassing me but am i i know i'm being very long-winded but well yeah well there i mean yeah. You know, there were stories where you could justify what was done as rape. I did also post um, the pyramid um, that showed what constitutes as rape. And, of course, you know, it starts from very small, from catcalling to recording someone without their knowledge to stealth to actual rape. I mean, there's a whole pyramid about it. Um, the, the, the crazy thing is the same way we had the conversation about the fear of hearing no and rejection and not knowing how to take it as a woman, we fear telling men no. And so mm. to actually get the strength to tell someone no, and then to in result get stranded or feel like, you know, you're being badgered because you actually stood your ground and told someone no, that's a whole nother, you know, conversation to be had because as women we fear what could happen from us telling a man no just right. because men often feel obligated to the pussy or if they felt like they you know they did enough nice things or or put you know brought me on enough dates that they are obligated to my body to our body right. and so right. to actually tell a man no for a lot of women, that's the hard part. So my, you know, my reaction to all of this is hearing how many women said no in settings that didn't warrant any of this behavior from, from, from a man. And then him retaliating because he didn't know how to receive the word no. And that's what I was saying for even women who want to shoot their shots. We mm -hmm. need to become a society where it's okay to hear no. So, you know, can I say Period. something? Well, can I say something? And I don't want it to trigger you. I just would like you to break down to me so this type of thinking can be erased out of a man's thinking. 
Um, I just want to. I, mean, I just want to bring I, something. I mean, I, I mean, I think it goes all the way back to. No wait wait wait. wait. Bef- but before we even get to that, I just literally yeah. want to say something to you, but I don't want you to be like enraged that I'm saying it. I no, just want go you ahead. To, like, walk me Tell through. me whatever. Go ahead. So, on this side of the spectrum of being a man, I'm not saying that I subscribe to it, but what I will tell you is that I had to do my own homework, and it came a little early on than uh, a lot of my contemporaries, but this is how it usually goes as far as like what's taught to us because it's not really taught to us a lot of things in regards to talking to women is very trial and error so it's like this i'm linking with shorty love is love the vibes are smooth whatever you try trying to do what got to be done the horny takes over and you're like all right let me see what type of time shorty's on now you go to her and i mean you're trying to do what you got to do and she's like she's like no 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 not really i'm not really comfortable with that cool now in, in a utopic society, and society that I hope we get to, as as far as this regard is concerned, that's supposed to be enough. You fall back until the vibes is right again. Mm-hmm. What trial and error will tell you is no doesn't really mean no. No really just means not yet. Put a little bit more effort in. Know what I mean? So it's hard to uh, delineate the two. I'm, no, I'm with you. A, I'm with you. That's a slippery but, slope to climb. If I, I say agree. no, it means no. It doesn't. Mean, I agree. It doesn't mean I said no. So for the next 15 minutes, you try to get the vibes going again, and maybe you'll hear a yes. Yes, like, I agree with I, you. I, I, I think that that the the idea that you have to work harder at something, specifically sex, is I think the mindset that is the problem. Like I agree. me telling you no, you know, one night doesn't mean you could try the next night. Me telling you no earlier in the night doesn't mean that, okay, as I hang with you through the night, you're going to try to get me to get drunk or you're going to try to make me comfortable with you to now say yes. The problem yes. is when you hear no, that isn't the, the, your mind shouldn't initially go to, okay, what do I have to do to get her to say yes? And that is the problem. That means you are not accepting the no. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the problem with the mindset of men in general, even with with what you just said. It could have been a very innocent, you know, interaction with you and a woman. And when she tells you no, that literally should be the end of the conversation. It's not, damn, she said, no, let me try harder. No, right. and I think that that is the problem with how most men handle those situations, and that is the conversation that needs to be had. I agree, because I believe, as I said earlier um, in the episode, I believe that certain things aren't being articulated properly. I mean, and... Uh, in, in the in the best way because everything's under the same umbrella. So even if we just attack this, like, no, I don't think you're a rapist. No, I don't think you're a predator. I just feel as though because of trial and error, you think this is the way you talk to women and this shit is not cool. If that's if that is being set and put into the atmosphere, that's the thing that evokes change. You however, however, yeah. I will not sit here and allow someone who is in their early 20s, mid-20s, and now in their 30s to use that as an excuse that it's trial and error in an era where we just went through the Me Too movement. Agreed. All of these men have seen Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, um, AJ from fucking 106 and Park, like a lot of people who have been, you know, 
in our lives over the the past decades and or right. whatever. We've seen them shit R. Kelly. We've right. seen them literally come to answer their wrongdoings as men and them using their power as a way to coerce women to do things that otherwise they probably wouldn't do with these men. So the idea that it's still trial and error is Wait. a bunch of bullshit. I we agree. can get on Twitter and we can turn on our TVs and people are coming to court to, to, to literally justify their actions over years with women. This is this is the most important thing that I think is going to be said throughout the entirety of this episode. Just just bear with me real quick, right? What Go you ahead, said was very poignant, but this is the thing that I'm talking about as far as us categorizing things appropriately so we can attack it so it can change. The way, not the, probably the average man, it's like, all right, Harvey Weinstein was and was uh, the head of a studio house. So he was literally telling women, if you don't give me some sex or if you don't give me some dome, you won't get an acting role. R. Kelly was attacking underage women and using his fame to get said underage women. Bill Cosby was literally drugging women. So on the male psyche, it's like, I, right, I'm not doing anything wrong here. All I'm doing is just working a little harder just to make her feel more comfortable. Because if I make her feel more comfortable, quote unquote, organically, I'm not doing anything wrong. Can, can I, can I, can I sit here and say that's, that's cool and all, but right. the, the person that brought this conversation is in a position of power. So can right. he get you a, a an acting role? No, no, homeboy, um, homeboy is wildin'. No, no, right, right. But homeboy, I'm not talking about him. So, I'm talking so, about the men that. Know so, me. so here's the, so here's the thing. Don't offer me a ride home, and we end up at your house. Hmm. Don't sit here and say you will put me on a list for a party because then we can get into the whole idea of and the issues and normalized behavior around nightlife and promoter behavior because that's what even again not even bringing him to the forefront of this but the behavior that he ensued is one that has been acted on the djs in the club the mm. doormen at the club the owners of these clubs mm. it's the same thing well you want to get into my club you want to party for free you need to do something for me. Um, you know, instead of taking an Uber home, don't worry, I'll take you home. We live in the same borough. Next thing you know, we're pulling up to your crib. Like, like those are things that, that to me are inexcusable and are things that many men do. So that, that's, that's problematic in itself. So it's, it's outside of working harder. There's a lot of ways that women are just put in very, very, very uncomfortable situations. Like, no, I, I 100% agree with you. And I just feel as though, like, everything is just so jumbled right now. Like, but, like men, it just looks like niggas is just out here just exhibiting poor behavior. Yeah, you know I mean, whether it be the DJs, whether it be the party promoters, whether it be people that will utilize, like, yo, yo, just hop in the whip, I got you. Oh, man, nah, I just want to make a piss top of my crib. You're trying to come upstairs and take the comfort away from women. That shit is, these are things that just need, these are conversations that I feel as though need to come up organically so there's things that could be changed. Because the same way that I really didn't put my thumb in a girl's butt until future, because I heard it for the first time, I feel like a lot of these things are being brought up in conversation for the first time. So some change can actually happen. And it is, but honestly, consent is not that hard. And like I said, it's literally the idea of fearing rejection. At the end of the day, even if you're catching the vibes and you think you're reading the room a certain way, 
Um, I think that it's not that hard to say, hey, can I pull my dick out? Hey, can I feel your breast? Hey, I really want to put my thumb in your butt. Can I? Like literally just reassuring that what you're reading is there. Hey, can I lean in and kiss you? Hey, I think you look really good. Can I put my arm around your waist? Like, it's literally you just asking permission that really isn't that hard. And I'm not sure why in the psyche of men, that is such a hard thing to grasp. Exactly. I'm 100% with you. Consent is not that um not that hard. As I said earlier, um, not, not even earlier, as I said in yesterday's episode, like the thing that I've adopted was... I was starting to see, I was, I, I pay attention to social media and I feel as though women can like give you like the keys to like how to treat them. You just got to read it. So I started to implement certain things and the two things that I've established and the two things I always keep in mind is the two worst things you can do to a woman is remove how comfortable she is and take her options away. Right. Agreed. So, so because I now know this via social media, I didn't know this prior to social media. I had to watch a whole bunch of women literally say the same thing for a period of time. Like, oh, all you got to do is like tell the truth as like as small as it sounds. All I got to do is like tell the truth, not take no options away and like not be like creepy. I just slip. So the thing I do with women is like as like as things progress, I'm like, yo, listen, like I want to come over there and touch you. Are you cool with that? Just doing small things like that is small things that I do. But with this podcast, what I'm trying to establish is like the fear of saying something awkward to not get the pussy needs to like be eradicated out of niggas' minds because that's what's happening. Period. And, and, and if it wasn't because if it wasn't said like that before, I'm saying like that now. Niggas are not saying certain things because they think that's going to take away a percentage of them getting the pussy. So they try to be like super smooth, methodical man. Like, I, right, I don't want to say this. I don't want to do this. So if I say this, she might act this way. I might not get the pussy, which in the grand scheme of things really shouldn't matter. Either she's going to want to fuck I'm you saying, or not. Like not, not making it gender specific. It, it, at some point we all need to just really look at ourselves and find out why hearing no hurts us so much. Why rejection affects us the way it does and that's that's a feeling and emotion we have to get over knowing that we all have the right to say no that's a fact like you and, definitely and, have and a there right we go. To no, say no thank you for having this conversation with me reek like yeah. uh, i'm glad and i hope everyone enjoyed you know you having a guest on the good brother experience yeah i mean you're the first guest and i'm saying i'm gonna mark it down i got two more guests in mind both of which are very colorful people, so I'm definitely going to be happy when I have them on. But what are some things you got going on? Shout it out. Uh, let people know what's going down. Um, like I said, you guys can catch me every Monday um, on Horrible Decisions. That's everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And then go ahead and follow me on social media at Full Court Pumps. That's everywhere, Twitter and Instagram. And you can keep up with, with what I have going on there. Again, I've been a guest on quite a few podcasts. So if you enjoyed this conversation, there's many more um, floating around there on some of your favorite podcasts. So like I said, just keep up with me, follow me. Um, and thank you again, Rick, for having me, man. Thank you. You already know. Peace and blessings. Pass the dressing. And I'll speak to you guys tomorrow on the email episode. Holla at me.